welcome back for another episode of Superfan Sports, guys. Episode 10, we have Don here, along with my co-host. Hey, guys, it's Dio Reynoso, and Tom Brady made another Super Bowl. I mean, he's the GOAT for a reason. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate this world that we live in, Don. I think, wasn't that like the prediction that everyone made at the beginning of the season where it's going to be just Mahomes? Yeah, yeah. Brady I was again. just hoping... Th- Everyone says that the NFL is supposed to be way different than the NBA, and the NBA is like so predictable. But this is literally what Vegas had as their number one matchup, and there's a reason. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, I still suck at betting, Don. Did you know that? Oh, last week was it, it's getting more and more difficult because yeah, because um, football like, season's over, and that's the sport where our you know uh, about. yeah, footballers are mainly bread and butter. But also, it's easier. To bet projections this far out when it yes. comes to weekend games, yeah. so that's what we're, we're kind of struggling with that right now, where we are like having to take projected odds from websites and using our own brain metrics and what we would bet it at. And we'll get to that when we get to the gambling news. But uh, right now, we're going to get into just the regular news. Yep. Um, Donovan, your favorite uh, YouTuber, Jake Paul, <laughs> oh, is God, officially fighting guy. Ben Askren. Uh, ben Askren is a world champion wrestler. Uh, he actually fought in the UFC. He's most notably known for getting knocked out in four seconds by Masvidal. Uh, by he had knee. one bad fight. Okay, yeah, but yeah, he, but he, no, no, yeah, no, he's had two bad fights. Yeah. He got knocked out the fight after that. Yeah, um, it's crazy because I actually was in a group chat with my friends after this, and I was like, he's gonna fight like a real fighter next. Um. I was like, Ben Askren's perfect for him because Ben Askren's not a striker; he's a wrestler, and you get the credit of saying. You beat a fighter, you know. I mean, true. Uh, it worries me a little bit uh, for Paul, like because a lot of people are online or like I don't know if you've seen the opening odds I for this fight. They have it at minus two twenty five or two fifty, depending on where you go. Yeah, in favor of Paul right now, in favor of Jake Paul. So Jake Paul to win, to win, and yeah. they have him at minus two fifty odds, which I think is just disrespectful for to Ben Askren. I mean. To me, this guy is an so, so absolute then animal. No, Put I, your money I, where your mouth I is. I will. I will. Once, yeah. As the fight gets closer and all yeah, that. It's, yeah, It's not happening till April, so we have plenty of time to talk about it. But you know what? Another fight is happening in the boxing world very soon. Uh, Ryan Garcia versus Manny Pacquiao. Uh, if you don't know who Ryan Garcia is, he is a young uh, Instagram star uh just knocking out people in real boxing. He's not one of these uh, YouTube boxers. He's like a legit boxer who just so happened to also be famous off of social media. Yeah. Uh, he has a kid. He's 21 years old. He's literally known for knocking out his opponents, and he's fighting the oldest man in boxing, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, it's cool to see Pacquiao coming back out of retirement. Uh, the fight's still unconfirmed officially. Oh, is it really? Yeah, they haven't officially signed contracts mm. yet. Because uh, the main holdup is debating on what weight class this is going to be in. Because Ryan Garcia normally fights at the lightweight 135. Okay. And Pacquiao's only fought one fight in his entire career there when he beat, uh, I forget his first name, Diaz. He just beat the crap out of Diaz in there. But um, mainly Pacquiao fights at the 140 to 147 mark. That's where he. That's and at forty two years old, I don't see him dropping weight just to go fight a young. Yeah, kid. it's it's going to be tough. And I, I mean, Ryan Garcia is a big. 
he's not a huge guy. He's mm. a skinny guy. Yeah, but slender uh, frame. You know, we'll see what happens there. I really do hope they figure out a way to get this fight going because I will pay money to see this fight. Oh, this will be so much fun. Yeah, it's, it's like really this, the youth and the speed of Garcia versus Pacquiao's brains yeah. and experience. It's like a perfect cop out too, though, because everybody keeps saying Ryan Garcia he's knocking out all these no namers and he's not a real like big time fighter. Uh, he knocks out Manny. It's kind of like it kind of sucks for him because they'd be like, "Yeah, you fought Manny Pacquiao when he's forty nine thousand years old." Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but if Manny Pacquiao wins, you're like, "Wow, you knocked out the one of the best rising stars in boxing." Out of that, so I kind of hate the double sword that this. I, I think it's a bad fight for Garcia, even though I do think he's gonna win. I think. Oh, I I, I personally am going to root for Pacquiao. I don't have a big. So like, you hate Mexicans? No, I I just like Pacquiao. I, I love watching. Is it because you're dating fight. a Filipino girl? A part of it, I'm not going to lie, is okay. we've, we've watched a lot of the Pacquiao stuff together. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, to me, it's I, I also follow his his career, his history, and I love the fight. I love what he's done outside of the ring, Let too. Let the past die, Don. That's, one, some, that's something that Star Wars New Trilogy has taught me. Let, <laughs> Let the, the past, past die. die. <laughs> um, but, no, I don't really have a horse in this race. I'm just expecting a really good fight Are we fight betting on right horse now. races now? Oh, dude, I do that all I the time. I love it's terrible. Track, yeah. Um, <laughs> the next bit of news that we're going to get into is Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson is expected to be traded. Uh, I'm, I've, I started off two weeks ago. I said, I'll put $10,000 down that he does not get traded. And I was advocating he would. And now it's. And then last week I said $1,000. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I think he's getting traded. I should have taken those bets from you. I'd you should have rich. absolutely taken those bets from me because I would have said, let's do it. Uh, uh, I just said this offseason, though. I, I didn't know. No, I, I'm pretty sure he will this offseason. Yeah, um, and he's linked to the Bears right now. That's that's what it came out this morning. That is the top contender. I don't know how the Bears can afford him. I don't know what they're going to give up for him. It's kind of ridiculous. I, I Like I was saying earlier, I think the best two spots for him personally are going to be the Jets or the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, just because the, they both have the cap space to go. Houston's most likely going to trade there because they have the draft picks to get something out of them. But Watson's uh, no trade con- uh, clause in his contract. He could waive that when he likes. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of power on. So if he, he does gets have say. Um, he does have at okay. least out of what I've been reading out of uh, Ian Rappaport and some of the CBS ESPN mm-hmm. reporting on this. Uh, he does have a good amount of say. What I've been told is once you waive the yes, you can be traded clause, you can officially be traded anywhere. Yeah. Like once he waives it. Yes, but I'm assuming what's going to probably happen is he'll wait to see the trade offers yeah. and then waive it, and then that will mm-hmm. be the one they take. Yeah. The, but it's Houston. They could just go, never mind, we're going to take this one after he has already waived it. So, Well, another quarterback, huge quarterback that is uh, officially leaving his team, the Lions have announced – they're getting rid of him, uh, that they're just going to let him go off to greener pastures. I think they understand they're in a rebuilding season and Matthew Stafford's out of there. And uh, we're going to predict like where we think he's going to be going near the end of the episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, now we're going to get into some of my favorite news of the week. The Heat plan on using COVID-sniffing dogs to <laughs> sniff out COVID. Okay, this isn't as crazy as it sounds. It sounds pretty dope. The United Arab Emirates... Uh, Helsinki, Finland, and uh, like well, Dubai and Helsinki mainly, like mm-hmm. the airports inside there, mm-hmm. uh, but other smaller airports in their generalized country have already started doing this in the last few months. How's it working? Uh, apparently, it's working pretty good. They're training the dogs. It's they can smell all seven strands. They can't smell all seven strands. It's okay. it's just as a preventative. It's just the main one that you. most of the world has. I'm starting to train our dog to smell covid but he's stupid so it's gonna take a lot longer yeah for him no, it's yeah. gonna take years for him for but sure. uh the heat are also implementing some other things they're uh putting in isolation rooms in their stadium 
uh, in case anyone feels ill during the game, they could isolate them quickly. Uh, what is stopping payments. the Heat from saying, well, dude, if we have COVID-sniffing dogs and they are efficient, like 99% efficient, let's just pack this goddamn stadium. The The worrisome part is they're not 99% efficient. There hasn't been any real statistical data that I've been able to dig up. Even on if they're like the 80% percentage. efficient, that's pretty efficient. That's efficient enough. That would be, especially if everyone's wearing their masks. But nah, the, no masks. But the, It's free. <laughs> no, I swear to God, if the dogs are sniffing and they give you the thumbs up, fucking, it's on the dogs at that point. And if the dogs, every time the dogs don't count, like if they mess up, they get put down. That's the way we'll do it. Goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. They also have um forty-five minute rapid tests are gonna be doing during the games. Uh so if you're allergic or uncomfortable well if you're allergic or uncomfortable by with dogs, like some people have that mm-hmm. genuine fear mm-hmm. that they can't do, mm-hmm. you could go into a room, isolate for forty five minutes while they do a rapid test on you, and then you could join if you're testing negative at that moment. Wow. But the downside is they only even with the dogs, it only comes up if you're after that like seven to ten day mark where you're testing positive. So if you were exposed two days before and then you show up to the stadium, neither of those things are really going to be able to stop it. Just tough. Everybody should just you know, go get your vaccinations. Let's go back to loving sports. Go back and hang out and have fun. Yeah, it's hard to see only two, three thousand uh, fans sitting at a stadium. Sometimes I'm yeah. missing that. Um, next bit of news: Jerry Stackhouse, uh, the head coach for Vanderbilt was uh, caught DMing fans and players and telling them they're suck and they're not real fans and that they're disrespectful and just going on full-on rants. This guy didn't even think about using a burner account. He's like, no, my name is Jerry Stackhouse. That's the blue check mark. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's what I mean, doing. I don't. I understand the frustration from his part. I mean, yeah. Vanderbilt is generally a decent team when it comes to basketball. Yeah. Like, they're not one of the top, but they are last in their conference right now. Vanderbilt's terrible at everything. Yeah. They're usually okay at basketball. They're 0-5 in the SEC, 4-7 and on the season so far. Congrats, Vandy. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Stackhouse, uh, I think it's awesome. I people, want, people are, like, asking for him to get fired. No way, no how. He's so dope. No, he's one of those coaches that are going to tell you what it is. I think... Think? Dude, he was telling his players they suck and they're not giving enough effort and that if he had it his way, he would cut them, but COVID won't let him. Yeah, I think the the this to me only has two big outcomes when it comes to the team right now, like okay. as of in the short-term future. The team rallies around it and basically plays out of their mind coming up they to give to. a giant middle finger to Stackhouse, like, yeah. no, we're better than this, or he just officially lost that entire locker room. I think he lost the fan base and the locker room, but he he gained a fan with me. Yeah, anyway, I mean, it's you don't. I'm gonna reach out to him and see if he wants to be on this podcast next week because he's gonna be out of a job pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> do you know that Jose Canseco is going to be in a fight for Barstool Sports very soon? Seriously? Yes, he's doing a rough and rowdy against another guy named Billy Football. He's a commentator for uh, part of my take, another sports podcast. Um, they're getting in a fight on February 5th, which is next Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Canseco was just busted for doing steroids. Isn't that? hilarious how old habits die like <laughs> what is this did, man doing doing steroids like, they, still? he's just still doing steroids like he's been he's been retired for how many years dude he's fighting a guy who doesn't fight yeah he's, he's just, just fighting a podcast guy. he's it's just like, fighting not even like a guy who hosts the podcast he's hiding a guy who occasionally says stuff on a podcast he's not even one of the main members and he's taking steroids to build yeah. up for an amateur 
just boxing fight. Boxing yeah. fight. That means nothing. I to love it. Most people. I know. I, I know. I'm springing all this news on you I l- randomly, but I, I wanted to see your genuine reaction <laughs> of how crazy Jose Canseco is. This got. man is insane. Like, yeah, he says he's never was a normal dude. He says if he wins with. his fight, he wants to fight uh, Logan Paul. Which was, uh, you know, Jake Paul's older brother. He's yeah. also fighting Floyd Mayweather next month. Uh, but Logan Paul actually dated uh, Jose Canseco's daughter, who is a model. Dating or dated? Dated. They they just broke up about a few like two months ago. Oh, he's dude. And he's, uh, he's gonna whoop Paul. Logan <laughs> Paul's reaction to that was, "I'm used to smashing Canseco, so I'm down." That's his direct quote. Paul might die. No, you think no, no. I think Canseco, Jose Canseco's gonna die in the ring on Friday. Canseco's gonna take so many For steroids; sure. he's gonna turn into looking like Dwayne the Rock yeah, Johnson it, here in a minute. It's so awesome. Um, now, guys, we're gonna get into a bit of a serious note. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday, as we do all of our episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but exactly one year ago today, uh, the Mamba himself passed away, Kobe Bryant. Um, we don't want to make this a sad thing. We do want to pay tribute to a guy who was an icon for me and Don growing up. I know I give you a lot of shit for being a Lakers fan, but there's a reason why we're Lakers fans, and this guy's a big reason. Yeah, this guy's a big part of it. Yeah, when growing up, just watching any sports in LA, it's not until recently we've had football teams. Our hockey teams were kind of our hockey like, teams weren't good until like 2012. Exactly. So like the the main sport we've had to hold on to consistently watch every game have our biggest stars has been the Lakers for most of our childhood most of my childhood was the Lakers balling out my teens Lakers are bad but like my whole childhood was Kobe Bryant and Shaq lifting up trophies together exactly and uh, we're gonna break down a few of our favorite moments that uh, we grew up on and I'm hoping a lot of you listeners can like look back on and be like oh I remember when that happened and uh, the, the huge one that everyone always likes to talk with 81 points against the Raptors. I didn't watch this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to watch, I think it was the end of the third, like midway through the third quarter, I had one of my cousins call me in the middle. Like yeah. He called the house phone when we used to have an old landline and everything. Those. And he called going, hey, are you watching the Laker game? I'm like, no, I, I, I was thinking I was coming home from like a, some like either baseball or football practice. And he's like, are you watching right now? Are you watching right now? And he got my dad to turn on the TV. We all ran over. And we're just like, it's a flash of like 50 or Kobe at like 50 something points. And we're like, oh my goodness. And we just watch this man go bananas. Yeah, he, um, that game. So what, here's, here's what I remember about this day. I remember ESPN losing their shit. It was like when Tony Romo saw a good play action pass. They were just freaking out for like 20 minutes straight. Yeah. And as they should. When I was a kid, I don't think I understood what 81 points really meant. Because I would play pickup twenty one, and that would be like a five minute game, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 81, That's just like, yeah, that's just like fifteen minutes of playing basketball. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> Once you um, start understanding statistics yeah. and how scoring and averages what work, defenses. Um, that is one of the pinnacle. That that's his highest scoring game. It's a moment that that moment the, with him holding the picture is. It's it's like a f- one of the greatest NBA like images of all time. Yeah, it's the second highest scoring game of all time by yeah. an individual. And I think it's actually the real one. Uh, I know Wilt Chamberlain had a hundred or one hundred one. One hundred. Okay. Or, a lot of people yeah. say that that game was flawed and there was fake uh, points that were added to his stat sheet. And we'll get into that another episode. Yeah. It's a crazy theory. I give Kobe Bryant in the modern day of basketball. This should be the real record. This should be a banner in Staples Center, and this is amazing. I mean, 
at least a glimpse, like just the the end photo mm-hmm. or the scoreboard should be on there. Like they're, they're yeah, yeah, it needs to I be think recognized. This is the second most. Like when you see this photo, you're like, "That's Kobe Bryant." Mm-hmm. I think the number one photo that I think about when I think of Kobe is him holding uh, his first championship trophy and him just in recollection of it. And that's that's the number two thing we're going to talk about. Yeah, Kobe holding that trophy in the jersey, crying, uh, is what I think about when I think about Kobe Bryant because that's him. You know, Kobe Bryant's Mamba mentality. Everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. It's work, 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 and when you're done working, get up and work even harder. Oh, there's a reason the guy was the first in, last yeah. to leave. His fingers would be bloody after practice. And for to shots. see that guy have a moment of clarity and realization of holy shit, everything I've just worked for, I just got my whole life. Let's go fucking do it again. That is no, that's great. That's Kobe Bryant in a nutshell, and that's what I think about when I think about Kobe. Kobe. No, he 100% changed a lot of how athletes train, the mentality for athletes. Because it's always been like you have to have a, that extra gear to go compete. Mm-hmm. But the idea of, hey, practice is going to start. I need to take 200 shots on the practice floor yeah. before we practice. Like that mentality, that kind of work ethic, not every athlete put in, but now it's expected it's like oh yeah when you hear about the guy it's like oh yeah he's the first in last to go that's just a platitude now they throw to everyone and he's such a legend there's gonna be so many stories about like interactions that he's had with people and it's gonna kind of have like this mythical take on it and Mm -hmm. it's actually really cool when you really think about it uh another moment of mine that i i constantly think about uh kobe bryant scoring 60 on his last game ever that's a game me and you genuinely remember vividly. Do you yeah. remember watching that game with me? No, I remember watching that game. We um, were that was just that was it was emotional. Yeah, no, it, it was, was emotional as it hell. It was brutal because like Kobe hadn't been Kobe at that point. He no. he'd been he'd been struggling, but that whole season he had this for for well like parade mm-hmm. and the whole NBA, the whole world kind of showed out. I remember people from like Greece would fly out to like. 76ers games and be like I spent my life savings just so I could see you once yeah everyone wanted to see him one last time one last time it was crazy it was like it was like the Pope like when the Pope comes to America and he does those parades that's what it was like seeing Kobe Bryant on his last season at the NBA Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm really excited for the next huge athlete like it'd be really cool if Tom Brady came out next year before the season started and said, this is my last year. As like a farewell tour, yeah. This is my farewell tour. Or if Tom Brady, or if Drew Brees did that before this Mm -hmm. season, and like officially said, like, I'm retiring after this season, there's just so much uh, mystique and so much nostalgia and so much love. Exactly, because even if you don't like the guy, like I know that there's Celtics fans who, like we grew up watching the Lakers-Celtics finals games. and yeah. Like you, you may not like him when you're when he's playing. You hate him, but there's a reason yeah. why you do like, it because you have to Tom recognize Brady. he's great. I introed with me being sad that he went to his tenth Super Bowl, but when he goes on that farewell tour, which I hope he does, I'm gonna be very sad because it's a different sport, and that's how it felt when he left the NBA. Um, it, it was just a different feeling. Uh, Don, do you have any moments that kind of stand out to you about Kobe Bryant when you think about him? My biggest, um, I, I actually had a poster of this over in my room all the time. I remember I this to, poster. Of the, uh, well, it's like the Kobe shooting with Gasol and Bynum, and mm-hmm. it kind of, that second regeneration of the uh, triangle offense, like how Phil Jackson kind of mm-hmm. remotivated, and you found that extra gear in an older, more mature Kobe, mm-hmm. and how he was trying to rally younger guys to his side. And Twenty-four guys, Kobe, because there are two Kobe Bryant's. There's yeah, there's eight a 20 and twenty-four, and, and uh, twenty-four is my Kobe. I mean, I know eight was my 
kid Kobe, but like mm-hmm. twenty four was the Kobe. I went I went to those parades, you know. Yeah, I've been to I went to those games. Like yeah. um I was fortunate where my girlfriend, um like her aunt got us tickets to the Staples Center. Yeah. Like the season before Kobe's last season. And yeah. so we got to go and see that. And then like I because everything was sold out during yeah. his final season. It was, it was terrible trying to get anything, but just having that um, emote, just knowing like, hey, I got to see him one of the last few yeah. times he touched a court. And we're, we're just talking about a few moments. There are dozens and dozens yeah. of huge Kobe Bryant moments. I know one is even after he stopped playing basketball, him getting his uh, his Oscar. Like that's a huge moment when you really think about him saying we're more than just basketball players. We do more than just shut up and dribble. Like, yeah, he, he, he extended the idea of the players not only just volunteering for the community yeah. but having more impact yeah. to the world outside of just like, sports and just volunteering. His idea of just because I'm not playing basketball doesn't mean I'm not working anymore. Like he was, yeah, he, he found he, a new motivation. Yeah. It wasn't that and old one school. Of, one of them was his daughter, uh, who did pass away as well. Gigi, um, mm-hmm. he was super into her basketball career yeah he was helping train helping coach he was coaching her and making sure she was ready to be the best player Mm -hmm. that she could be because that's just the kind of father and person he was and uh you know i haven't i I, i'll be honest even though i grew up in la i've never been i've never been the guy that thought kobe bryant was the best player of all time yeah he is goaded though he is one of our goats He's one of the greats of all time. I changed the term of ghost, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's not a greatest. Goated. It's great of all greats of all time. No, I like that more just because um, it's you have a pantheon of guys. Yeah. You have guys who revolutionized sure. the sport. And I, that's what I've he always did. looked up to LeBron as being my guy, um, but Kobe Kobe means something different. A, LeBron is a person. I know he's a person. Yeah. Kobe is mythical to me. He's Joe Montana to me. He's just like these stories are just crazy. Well, the fact that he was—he's the youngest guy to ever get into an All Star game as like 19 years old, going yeah. against Jordan. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. it's just you—you you never would picture that in the NBA. It's like, oh yeah, that dude who skipped college decided to go to, straight to the league. Uh-huh. Yeah, he—he he got to go cover Jordan when he was 19. Yeah, and it's like he also you, got traded before he even got stepped on the court. Like, yeah, it's just some weird things that you don't normally think of yeah. with athletics in and, terms uh, of how great normal average human beings are to do that. He's still impacting sports to this day, and I think he always will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the mama mentality is something that. Uh, that affects every uh, like everyone yeah, that's in the sports and everyone that was affected by Kobe, uh, from players to like Devin Booker and LeBron James, to players that don't even play basketball like Tom Brady or uh, what's it called? Tiger Woods said that Kobe Bryant was a huge uh, mentor to him. Mm-hmm. Even and they didn't even play sports like anywhere close to the same sport. No, but they they had that connection and yeah. it's just everywhere he touched, he left something of yeah. himself there for people like. Uh, you worked at the Boys and Girls Club of LA for a while, and so he has a league there called the the Mamba League. And I was actually uh, running a Mamba League team, uh, and we were getting ready to start the season. And he tragically passed, and uh, you know we had to shut down the league. But uh, he had I, I was personally there on budget meetings and like dealing with how much he gave back. He loved that league just as much as he loved the NBA because he was so. 
obsessed about making sure the next generation worked hard and played at a high level while having fun. Yeah, not only that, but he created it for, I don't know if anyone knows what really Boys and Girls Club outside of L.A. Inside, oh, it's Boys and Girls Club all around. No, there is, but I mean, if you're not, if you don't work for it, if you haven't been through it, it's, it's kind of a vague thing for some people. Uh, they just know it as. It's like after school. It's an after school program, but often with the moment they have a lot of scholarships for kids who normally wouldn't be able to go play, or if it was like a rougher area, they'd give a safe spot for these kids to at least go and play yeah. basketball. And Kobe put a lot of work in designing the league. He'd helped design a lot of uh, the small, minute rules, I mm-hmm. know. And he had his hand in it just for the kids because yeah. he understood, like, he, hey. He was, he was about giving back. Yeah, there's more kids that need to go up there sure. and need to take over my where I stood. Yeah, well, uh, thank you so much, Kobe. Um, you will not be forgotten. I know you died a year ago, but, you know, we, we still Legends think about you. On. And, uh, you know, remember the Mamba guys. Um, we're going to go into our next segment. It is game time. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. That's how we're going to start game time today. It was the fight on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, depending. Saturday on where night, you were at. yeah, yeah. Uh, this game before this fight before we start, I almost fell asleep like two fights before it because it took forever. I was told this fight was going to start at seven thirty. This thing didn't start till like nine. No, it was a later fight. I don't know uh, how people on the East Coast even got to see this fight. East Coast, I I call them the troopers when it comes to sports. Everything starts so late. They, everyone says we get boned on the West Coast. I wake up Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock, football until 8 o'clock. Yeah, before COVID, that was literally like our MOs. We go to this bar that we like to go for brunch, yeah. have brunch, and watch football and All start day. drinking at 10 a.m. And we wouldn't leave that table until the Sunday night game was over. I love it. Um, But let's get into some Conor McGregor. Uh, I really did think Conor was going to fight or uh, beat him. Um. Yeah, I thought I it'd be. I thought it'd be closer. Connor fought really well, I think, in the first round. But uh, once Dustin kind of landed those leg shots and just de- de- demolished his leg, everyone kind of like looked at each other and was like, mm, "This, this isn't gonna end well." No, like uh, McGregor took, I think, eleven significant leg, uh, like calf shots by the end of the first. His yeah. mobility was just gone by the second round there. It, you ju- could tell. it just sucked because he was putting up a good fight. He was landing some shots. But, man, Dustin Poirier is really good. Like, yeah. he really impressed me. He's the number two fighter in his weight class now. Yeah, Poirier, it, he he deserves it. And I, I'm iffy on McGregor staying in the lightweight division because that's where— he should move up or down? Uh, he does better down. He does better at the lower weight For classes. Sure. Um, out of his, I think, five or six career losses, three of them are in the lightweight division— Two were before he even hit the UFC. Like I mean, two of his two out of the yeah. six were uh, back when he was still fighting just the Irish leagues and uh, doing uh, the like the lower yeah. club, like the intro MMA. Went on his fifteen win streak, got into the MMA, and then three losses later come all in lightweight fights. I just think he needs to get into the ring more or mm-hmm. in the octagon more. It's uh, it takes a long. He's only fought in twice in four years. That gets to you. Yeah, without a doubt, and he admitted that after the yeah, fight. He's he like, you he can't like, stay lazy, you can't stay still. This. And uh, it kind of becomes a question of, you know, should he even fight? I'm, I'm, I'm of the person that says, fight until you get your bag. I, I genuinely believe that he's got enough money. His whiskey is actually really good. Yeah, it's um, one of the main sponsors of the UFC yeah. now. Every fight, he's making um, extra cash for. And I understand, dude. It's, the, it's that question of, would you take an ass beating for ten million dollars? This, at this point, it's one of those questions For where sure. he could look at it and go, "Do I really need to?" And he doesn't. Like, let's let's be one hundred percent honest. He doesn't, and the UFC doesn't pay like 
like boxing. It just doesn't for some no, reason. No, I think the purse for this fight was an extra mil. Yeah. Like Poirier walked away with one like an extra million dollars for winning the yeah, fight. It it wasn't anything crazy. But uh would I love to see more Conor McGregor fights? Absolutely. Would I also like to see Conor McGregor host his own TV show where he goes and does cool things around the world and eats fun food? I would also watch the fuck out of that show. He just has that personality. He's, he does. he's magnetic. Here's the thing I really do like about Conor McGregor that he he showed me. He's 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 kind of stopped being an asshole. He kind of showed like to Dustin he was, he was very respectful to him. He wasn't an asshole. He was just kind of like, this guy's a good fighter. He's my friend. I, I kind of like that side of McGregor. I think he's done being a heel. And I think he, I think it's time for him to retire, and that's fine. Not that I don't think he has good fights left in him. I think he could still go back and be a champ, maybe, if he works really, really yeah, cause hard. Yeah, uh, because the big thing leading up to this fight is he got rid of his normal sparring partners, mm-hmm. got rid of his normal trainer, and tried to do it all himself. Yeah. And... Yeah, like if he went back and grinded with that same group that got him to that point in the first place, mm. oh, he could have a title shot in a different in a weight class. It's like just it sucks one. because he's so big right now that like he definitely needs to get the reps in and he needs to fight like three, four more times to get more comfortable in that octagon. Mm-hmm. And what sucks is every fight is such a huge stage for him that he doesn't get that opportunity to just you know take some L's you know and rebuild himself back up. Every L is amplified. That's why I'm like you don't unless you're really really motivated to be a champ again you know he, he it's just damaging his legacy you're already goaded there's a there is a selection of athletes that have been goaded in their career and then fallen out of it yeah without a doubt there yeah. has been and that's um, why i'm worried with mcgregor if he just continues this trend it's yeah yeah because no and the big thing is no he's not gonna be able to go fight average fighters from here on out either no, not at all he's no. only going to fight top 10 until he falls out you're fighting top cream of the crop and that sucks yeah um we're gonna get into our first nfl game we're gonna talk about some of the championship games that happened this weekend uh the first one that happened is the the packers versus the bucks tom brady is infinite tom brady is all um, He's going to be 70 years old and still slinging. I hate this man. <laughs> I hate him so much, dude. So before we get into this, um, my stepdad, uh, if some of you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, we posted on TikTok, it got, a, got like 600, 700 views, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, slight flex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you would know that he bet $500 on this game. Goodness. Just straight up. I told him if he would have bet $500 on the Buccaneers to win, uh, he would have won $1,200. But he didn't want to take it. Everything I said about why I was worried about the Buccaneers came true. Yeah. It was the home field advantage. Or not the home field advantage. The uh, Tom Brady uh, experience advantage in this round. Mm -hmm. It was... They're going to try to get to their own Super Bowl because it's in their own stadium. Just like all that stuff about their defense, it, it's going to be crazy. I, I don't Personally, this game left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I agree. Um, I, I think a big part of it was that last P.I. call. Okay. Because that, that is the biggest into, controversy. Let's jump into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going to be the biggest was, controversy. Was that P.I. was that holding to you? To me, there it was a slight bump. It was enough that if the refs were going to consistently call things – then yes. We're on the same page. I I thought we were about to argue. No, no, no. I think it was holding. I don't think you call it. I don't think think you call it because you haven't called it all game. Yes. Saying that, I have recordings of you saying I'd want them to be consistently bad call. Yeah, I want them to be consistent. They had two calls where Lazard got held. Last week, you were complaining about 
bad well, calls. Well, I was complaining about bad calls because they weren't consistent. Yes. And this is the same thing in my mind. I, I agree. There was two PI calls that they could have called on the Bucks defense on Alan Lazard with a deep shot over the middle that would have got Green Bay after their interception to start driving down the field mm-hmm. more. They didn't call it. I feel like people aren't talking about this holding call as much as people are talking about the field goal. How do you feel about that field goal? I'm going to tell you what I felt immediately. Yeah. I would have kicked in the field goal. That's me. Really? Yes, I know. And I'm I'm one of the few minority. This is just, I know everyone's like, you're only down a touchdown and two-point conversion. There's nothing more stressful than only needing a two-point conversion and losing like that. I would have much True. rather lost like this than off a two-point conversion. That is yeah. so devastating and heart Like, well, you can feel it. No, without a doubt. But to me, the way I'm looking at the other side of it is... I, it was smart. I, I will admit, that's just me playing inside, like playing too much in my own head of football, which I think is what uh, he did. Matt LaFleur, Matt yeah. LaFleur did. Um, most commentators are going to be like, ah, he should have went for the touchdown. Let's be honest. If that holding call doesn't get called, Aaron Rodgers gets the ball back and he scores, no one gives a damn about that field goal. No, true. But to me, it's even if they missed on the two-point conversion, they mm-hmm. had one snap to go for it. We are, the route was going to be Devontae Adams isolated on his for own. For sure, but if they don't get that. If they don't get it, you have the Bucks Three timeouts. Three timeouts. You have the Bucks pinned on their own five. No, so it was their own. It was like fifteen. Yeah, but you have them further back than. But the they returned yeah. the kick to the twenty. It was just another five yards. Yeah, but or it was in goal, fourth and goal. I think it was inside of the. No, 10. it wasn't. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, to me personally, I would have gone for it just because even if you miss that two point conversion, you still have all three timeouts, and you're just in a better position for it okay. versus a field goal. But At then, least what happens mind. if Brady goes down the field, kicks a field goal? And then Packers get the ball back with plenty of time, maybe a timeout. And then they're like, all right, well, it doesn't matter. We lost the game already. At least you kick the field goal, and you're in the game no matter what happens. True. That is true. But and that's... you trust your defense. I trusted their defense to hold him, um, and they did hold him. It was a holding call. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, I don't think but... Tom Brady played that well this game. No. Uh, he took nine shots down the field of over 20 yards. That First ended... half? Fantastic. Second half? Well, no. He had nine garbage. deep passes. Out of the nine, three were interceptions. Mm-hmm. Two were near interceptions, where at least a Packers guy had a shot at a pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was two incompletions, yeah, and then three complete for one TD. He had a below fifty QB passer rating on deep balls this game. Yeah, and that's what everybody kept talking about, like ah, oh, his QBR and all that stuff. Look, it was garbage. It was bad. It was bad. And I'm, I'm a QBR guy. I, I, I don't live and die by QBR, but I think it's an interesting metric mm-hmm. to look at. It's literally the grade. Um, I would have, I'm giving him a B for today. Not a B minus, a B. He's at like an 84% for me. Okay. That's what he did on this game. Um, I think Rodgers played better than him. The only thing I will say, Rodgers didn't capitalize when his defense had turnovers. They had two turnovers, and they couldn't score. I'm going to blame that on the OC. That OC, OC Pace is his last name. Uh, their, their offense coordinator, Pace, needs to be fired immediately. Get him out of there. Go get another guy. Matt LaFleur was kind of calling plays, but he wasn't, like, super doing it. Yeah. Um. All right. This team, by the way, it was uh, fourth and eight. Fourth and eight? Fourth and eight, and they kicked the field goal there. Yeah, not at the eight-yard line? At the eight-yard line. But it wasn't in goal. They saw fourth, it first fourth and No, fourth and goal from the eight. It was? Yeah. I still wouldn't have gone for it. I would have. I kicked the field goal. 
Ah, uh, that's I so thought, tough. Yeah. Um, look, Tom Brady's like well, records mm-hmm. are so weird. Like, if I told you he had the third best playoff record against NFC opponents, like most wins, that's a funky thing. You'd be like, "What do you have. mean he's only been in the NFC for one year?" Yeah, I know. That's how many. That's just off of the Super Bowls. He has six, <laughs> and then he got three more. He has nine playoff wins against NFC opponents. That's, that's third funky. best all time. That's a he has funky double stat. the amount of playoff wins than the next guy, Joe Montana, sixteen. Who played in the NFC. Yeah. Who played in the <laughs> NFC. Oh, that's great. It's that's a weird, weird ridiculous. stat. But there's also other stats. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl a lot More, next week. Yeah. Because um, we're doing Pro it's Pro Bowl this weekend, which yeah. they're playing Madden, for those of you who don't know. I love Madden. Um, But there's, like, conflicting stats. And I'm like, all right, well, that's got to break. This isn't going to work. There's so much going on in this Super Bowl game. I can't wait to break it down with you next week. No, it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. We're going to call it our Super Bowl special. We're going to actually have call-ins from a lot of fun fans uh, for our wait. Super Bowl, uh, you know, extravaganza. No, I can't wait. But just this game, it just felt weird at the end. That that's what it was. It felt like a good shootout. Felt like everyone tried hard, and then that pass interference just kind of left a weird yeah. taste. in my it mouth. It did leave a taste in my mouth that I was like, ah, what is this? Um, but you know what game was really really fun? Chiefs versus Bills, which is the next game we're going to talk about. I say it's fun because how dare us think that the Chiefs could lose? I didn't think that they uh, personally. I, mean, I didn't I, know how this good is Mahomes the only was going to be I hit this week. Yeah, was this Chiefs was minus three. I didn't know how good Mahomes was going to be because he got rushed back from that concussion. It felt a little too quickly for personally. But he looked fine. Even even his foot looked fine. Yes, yeah, foot looked fine. They had that uh, metal insert. Even Brett Favre was saying that he wouldn't have played that game. Um, Patty, yeah, nobody knows about concussions now. Yeah, uh, but just similar Lafleur, uh, similar to Matt Lafleur, it felt like McDermott was playing conservative, and that was a big thing. There was I don't three... think they play conservative. I think they just wait for your team to make the mistakes. They do, but they had. Well, okay. So the big the big call for me was uh, they had a fourth and goal from the Kansas City two right before halftime. Yeah, twenty one to nine, and they settle for a field goal. In fourth I would have kicked two. It too. I would have gone for it. The Chiefs are not going to let you get points easy because they're going to put up. Well, I, I Chiefs know, are going to put up a lot, so you have to keep up. When you think about it like that, they got the ball back at half. It was like a whole thing. I mean, I um, guess there's also they settled for field goals three times in the red zone. I know it's just you do have to eventually be aggressive, but that's also how they. That's what the Colts did against the Bills, and you know that that's the, yeah. the Bills just sat back and watched the Colts implode. True. It's just watch them make the mistake. I guess they were just like, no, we're going to take our points. To me, if it's, I, I will never fault a team in playoffs. Yeah. for being overly aggressive. Yeah, did did it ever feel like the Bills were in control? Not once, right? Not once. Yeah, that's what I felt. Uh, because Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyree Kill are such dominant weapons. It's insane to actually like really play against them. Oh, without a doubt. Um, did you know Mahomes only threw two balls over twenty yards this game? Yeah, and he didn't have to. You didn't have to do a doesn't whole lot of work. It. Doesn't have to do it. Um, people think he's just slinging the ball like crazy. He doesn't always do that. He's he's getting more precise. He's becoming a real like quarterback that's reading the defense. It's yeah. kind of crazy. When you got freak athletes to go and pick up a five-yard catch and could take it 20 yards down the yeah. field, you don't need to worry um, about it. I do want to say Buffalo Bills, great season. You'll be back. Don't be too sad. Um, I think as the human race – 
we deserve to see the Bills Mafia win a Super Bowl. Yes, without a doubt. Because, all right, here's what I predict. Score, 23, 24. 23 was a weird number. 24, 17, Bills win. All right? We will Clock see. hits 0-0, zero, zero, and all you hear is this. The purge has now commenced. <laughs> you have 24 hours, and then all of Buffalo is gated off, and it's just 24 hours of just a table smashing and, and uh, mustard and ketchup shooting on you. It's just absolute anarchy. And I think as a, as a globe, we're, we should be allowed to see what happens. That would have been the feel-good story of the year. Not even feel-good story. That would have been so fun. Like, if it happens, it. It would be, it's going to be great. It. I think it would have just been a cesspool of COVID and monster energy drinks and just shattered, broken white tables everywhere. And no one would give a damn because they're like, we won. Yeah, it's Buffalo. They, they've they earned it. Yeah. And I think um, they're the fan base that does. Yeah. I, um, one thing ahead. that worries me going into the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, though, is how aggressive Chris Jones is. Because that dude... I don't know if you saw like the first yeah. run play of the game where he arm barred and tackled after the whistle blows, goes yeah. after an O lineman. I mean, uh, I, I, John I don't uh, want to get Felicino. too much into like who I'm feeling for the Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl. Yeah. Um we'll get into that next week. Um what I will say is I think the league's best weapons are playing against each other this year. Without a doubt. Uh I think Tom Brady has the best weapons in the NFL right now. I had a little burp, sorry. And uh I think the Chiefs have the second best weapons, um, and it's going to be really interesting to see these two offenses, you know, hit the over for me next week. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, hint, hint, nudge, yeah, nudge. Hint, hint, yeah. hint, hint. Um, and last game we're going to talk about. Uh, this game happened last night. This one's going to be real quick. We're just going to talk about the Lakers versus Cavs. Um, LeBron playing against his old team. We've seen it happen already. This yep. is, you know, he's played against the Cavs before. Something was different last night, though. Um. I don't know. Well, the, he came out more aggressive uh, without so a doubt. So the rumor is they allowed fans in last night. They did. Someone says maybe a fan or someone was chirping off the bench at LeBron. Yes. And he went into God mode. Well, he LeBron addressed it in the post-game conference okay. where he was talking about it. He, he said someone was chirping at him a little bit. And mm. from the location where he kept looking back at who yeah, it could have been, it looked... It, it looked like it was coming from the area that the Cavs execs were sitting. Okay, so we know he hates. Uh, I think it's Jerry. Is it Jerry Stackhouse or is that the? No, no, no that's, not Stackhouse. That's Stackhouse is Vanderbilt. Yeah, my bad. Um, sorry. I just he's just stuck on my mind. Um, <laughs> their uh, their owner and LeBron don't you know they don't get along. They just don't. LeBron would have stayed in Cleveland if that guy paid. Yeah, Dan Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. That's his name. Um. You know, paid and helped him go get more players and da da da. Um, I think that's why he went off. He he did amazing. I think he dropped forty six points, eight rebounds, nine assists. It yeah. was insane, uh, season high. And if you would have told me before the season started, LeBron's not going to take any days off, I would have been like, "You're out of your mind." No, after coming off short rest, um, the season yeah, the season like just ended. Ago. Yeah, I wouldn't believe that either. He hasn't missed a game. No. And he's playing at an MVP level again. Yeah, he dropped For people 20. that say he's not the best player in the league, they're smoking legit crack rocks. And I don't understand. He dropped 17 in the first quarter, and Davis literally just looked over and he said, it, like, the, he, he talked about yeah. it afterwards. He said, 
the minute LeBron drops that kind of numbers in the first quarter, you know his ball game at no, that it's, point. No, it's over. Um, I love how the Lakers are also one of the very few teams that have no COVID problems. It's yeah. almost like they're so focused on winning a championship. They're like, no, COVID, we're, we're so focused. We're we're not going out. We're not going to strip clubs. We're, we're not, not taking going risks. to Brooklyn. We're not doing nothing. We're just focused on getting another dub. Yeah, which is great. Um, they're 10-0 and on the road. And like you said, no COVID cases. The NBA just had to postpone their 22nd game of the season uh, yesterday. Was it the Grizzlies? I think yeah, it was the Grizzlies, Grizzlies game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so no, it's the you could tell that the Lakers are not taking any yeah. risks. The players are taking it seriously because yeah. they know what winning's like for sure. And uh, they want to get another ring. There's a lot of guys on that roster that want to get that championship. Mm-hmm. Um, something I do want to talk about is the Cavs. The Cavs had a really cool string of games this weekend that we can like hint into i know i'm just springing this on you yeah but they beat the brooklyn nets when they were at full strength oh, yeah, both Kyrie, games. yeah back to back yeah Kyrie, kevin durant and james harden played and they beat him back to back because colin sexton comes back a guy who i've declared a bust i don't think he's that good he's, he's proving me wrong he's playing out of his mind he's playing this season inside out of his own brain right now and uh, i do want to say the Cavs, um they're not a terrible team they're not no. good they're not going to be contenders, but they will make a low playoff They can seed. shock the world. I don't think they're going to make playoffs. But I think they can shock some teams like Brooklyn. Uh, I, I was a little worried about them actually playing L.A. because, you know, it's LeBron. And you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but good job, Cavs. And uh, we're going to get into our next segment. It's a really cool segment we call Beast of the Week. Beast of the Week. All right, guys, we're going to start with Don. Don, who is your beast of the week? Uh, my beast of the week this week uh, is going to go to Shaq Barrett, the Bucks linebacker, because uh, I think that Brady rode his defense to a lot of this, to this big win. I agree. And Shaq Barrett was a big reason. With uh, He had three sacks, five combined tackles, four quarterback hits. Uh, he, I think he held like five, like Rodgers was uh, hurried in the pocket and felt like the pressure by the, um, how they do the next-gen stats. Was pressured, I think, fifteen percent of the dropbacks. That's a lot. Five percent of that was Shaq Barrett himself. Yeah, like he, this dude was a disruptive force on the line. Yeah, he's a he's a dominant, dominant basketball uh, football player. Without like, a he doubt, he comes off the edge and he just makes impact plays. I liked him back when he was in Denver last or two years ago, and he's been nothing but a star in Tampa Bay and a really good player. No, and, definitely uh, is. Your beast of the week. Uh, my beast of the week is LeBron James. I just talked about it, so I'll go quick with this. Uh, LeBron's playing out of his mind. He scored 97 points in three games. <laughs> oh That's crazy. That, I'm not counting his rebounds, which are also top of the league. His assists are starting to go down because he's letting uh, Schroeder control the ball, but he still is averaging seven assists a game. So he is the beast of the week, and I know I said Kyrie or uh, Steph Curry was going to be my MVP pick, and I still think he's going to win my MVP pick, but if LeBron wins, I ain't going to be sad. No, I ain't going to be <laughs> upset about it. He, yeah. he earns it. Yeah, I, I genuinely love LeBron James, and I hope Everything works for him. Uh, guys, we're going to get into our next segment. It's where we make you some money. It is the gambling ring. All right, guys. So uh, I suck at gambling again. Um, <laughs> you know, last week, hot. This week, suck. Uh, Don, how'd you do? Um, I did all right. Uh, not as good as I was hoping uh, with uh, last week. Did you ever hope to do bad? No, I don't hope to do bad, <laughs> but I hope to do better. Yeah, um, Yeah, like the prop bet on Aaron Rodgers hit, uh, but I, Packers I was, obviously yeah, lost that you, game. Yeah. 
Uh, the Avs uh, did get their win against the Ducks, which was nice. That's funny that you say that about the Packers game losing because the whole game I was watching it, I thought I made that bet. No. <laughs> so I was watching the game, and I was like, I need the Packers to win by three. Didn't, didn't even do it. Didn't even worry about it. There you go. <laughs> uh, but they did hit the over or the yeah they hit the over and they I hit the, the over under. in both. Um, so that sucks. Uh, but we're gonna get into some games. Uh, we're gonna take. I'm gonna take two NBA games off the bat. I'm taking the uh, Clippers over the Magic, and uh, I'm gonna take them straight up. But if you want to take them with spread, I will take them up to minus eight and a half. Yeah. If it hits minus nine, do not take them up to eight and a half. Eight is where I'm gonna take them. And I'm also going to take the Lakers over the Celtics. Um, and at that line, I'm going to take it at, uh, I think it was 7.5. I don't want to take anything over 7.5. So minus 7.5 is the most I'll take it at. No, that's that's a big – to me, that's a little bit of a risk because Celtics are a good team. They are a good team. LeBron's playing out of his mind. Yeah, that's true. They are undefeated. Lakers are undefeated on the yeah. road. Um, one I mean, hard they might part- give me six. If they give me six, I'll fucking take oh, it. Oh, in a heartbeat. Uh the hard part about the gambling ring, I want to add a disclaimer for everybody. We're yeah. making these assumptions and bets on Tuesday. We know we put out our show Wednesday mornings um, around then. So we generally try not to pick games that are super close. We try to pick closer to a Friday, Friday Saturday, Saturday, some days. So um, that way you guys can have something to watch on the weekends and have fun. Uh, that and we don't have any projected odds for anything else. Yeah. So when it comes to those Friday, Saturday, we're doing just projected lines. Yeah. Uh, these lines do shift dramatically sometimes yeah. building so up the game time. We're so we're giving you guys to... our highs and the lows where we would bet them at. Exactly. So yeah. I just want to explain that to anybody. Who, Don? If the line comes out, it's completely different. Uh, for me, I'm taking two NBA games as well because that's the big sports this weekend Absolutely. for me. Uh, the 76ers, I think they could cover eight against the T-Wolves on the spread. Wouldn't take it anything over nine and a half. Um, the T-Wolves are 22nd. In the league, uncovering spread seven and nine this season with a minus three point seven losing average on the spread points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are also fourteen and twenty nine in their last forty three games, and six and fourteen against teams with winning records uh, when it comes to covering spreads. Seventy sixers are forty one and nineteen against the spread versus teams with winning home records. Like the seventy sixers do great against uh, on the road against home team. Like yeah. against when they're I, not at home. I like seventy sixers in that bet. I don't think I'd bet it because it is a high line, but I don't think we said it could be projected lower. It could be projected higher. You, you hit your cap. My cap is my cap is at like eight or eight and a half. That would be my cap. That's a nice little cap. That's how I feel about the Clippers game against magic. Exactly. Um, I'm going to get into some NCAA. Are you Do done it. with the Go NBA? For it. No, I have one more than the NBA. Right, then let me hear the I NBA. think this, uh, right now the projected line is four and a half for the Spurs um, against the Nuggets. The Spurs are the underdogs in this, so they are plus four and a half. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take it anything over six, uh, plus six and a half, but or anything closer. But um, I like them at four and a half. I think they really cover four and a half. If it gets down to two and a half, ignore gotcha. it. Yeah. Um, Spurs are five and two against the spread on teams with a plus or. Point six hundred winning percentage. So that's above uh, even just normal winning percentage. They play eleven and five against the spread as an underdog. Denver is one of the worst teams covering the spread this season. They are ranked twenty. Yeah, Denver's really spread. disappointed me as uh, from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, I they let Murray teams would, creep in at the end. Yeah, I thought Murray would ball out harder. Jokic is playing out of his mind. He's averaging like a triple double. He's doing craziness. But uh, the rest of that team needs to pick it up. Michael Porter Jr. needs to develop a little bit faster. Exactly, and I don't think they'll do it against Pop. I don't think so either. Popovich, I like him, and he's getting those guys to work really hard for guys that aren't even that good. Um, yeah, he's finding role players and making them excel. Let's talk about some college hoops. Oof. We're getting into it, dude. March Madness is 
I could see it. I can like it's I can coming up. It. It's creeping. We didn't get it last year, and that's so disappointing because I love March Madness. I oh, love it. It's one of the best times of the year. Yeah, it is because right after March Madness, it's draft season. So that month is like, ooh, it's it's magic for me. Yeah, this is um, after the Super Bowl. It's kind of a lull unless yeah, you're into, unless you're into racing. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna talk about racing next week. Boo for that. Um, <laughs> but I'm taking number seven Iowa versus Illinois. Nineteen. The projected under is 178 or 148. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking the under at 148. If it's a point lower, take the over. That's my line. Really? 148. 148 is my line. That is. If, a... it, if it's at 147, I'm hitting the over. Interesting. That's where I'm at. Okay. I think these teams can play good offense. They're both really good at shooting the ball, especially Iowa, who's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation. Illinois has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. But... I think I think they're I think I think they're going to figure out how to score. I'm going to okay. take the over. Interesting. All right. Um, I'm also going to take number eight Virginia over number twenty Virginia Tech. Uh, this is going to be a really close game, and this is going to be one of those games where I'm biting my nails the whole. Oh, it's one of the great the rivalry time. games. Um, depending on what the spread is, I'll probably bet Virginia Tech also to cover a spread. Okay. So if it's like my, it'll probably be plus like four, because mm-hmm. I think this game's going to end with like a two point lead. This is going to be a really close game because these guys do not like each other. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, really a two-point game. Interesting. Uh, Don, do you have any other bets? No, I, I, I'm nervous about college basketball. I'm still trying to watch more and more of it, you. building up to March Madness. Yeah. Uh, there's so much going on in the NFL. I yeah. kind of laxed on well, that. That's on me. We're going to get into your last resort parlay. It's where we pick five teams, and we hope to God that they win uh, because it usually doesn't happen. So We've we'll gotten a few of them, uh, but it's more and more Did you difficult. you hit last week? I did not hit last okay, week. Okay, so we have yeah, one team one dropped for me. There's <laughs> always one team for us on this. <laughs> um, so I'm going all college hoops. Like I said, I'm I'm getting into it, dude. I'm getting in my uh, you know, my my, my bag right now. Um, I'm picking number eight Virginia to win against Virginia Tech. I already said that. Yeah. I'm also picking eleven uh, ranked eleven West Virginia over Florida. Florida's a good team. I think they're going to figure it out. They don't have a lot of success against SEC teams. All right, I do think they're going to pull out this win. No, that's not bad. Um, number 17, Wisconsin at Penn State. I'm going to take Wisconsin. Okay. Um, here's the reason I'm taking Wisconsin. They're great at basketball. Penn State has one really good player that I'm worried about. He can shoot the ball like a goddamn madman, but I don't think they're making the, the champion. I don't think they're making March Madness tournament. They're not going to make it, but I, Wisconsin is a dark horse for me in uh, – in the March Madness brackets. Okay. Uh, number one, Gonzaga ver- versus Pepperdine. I don't really got to talk about it. It's number one, Gonzaga. It's a literal layup of a They pick. literally beat a team last week, or this week, 92-70. to 70. It was insane. Yeah. That's Gonz- an NBA score. Gon- Gonzaga's bananas. Yeah. And then uh, I got I to gotta do some home team stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm picking 23 UCLA. Uh, they're ranked 23 over Oregon S- State. UCLA is a basketball powerhouse. We all know that. They're not as good as they were in the 60s or 70s, but they're still good. They yeah. still get good recruits. Oregon State doesn't lay up. Okay. Easy money. I like it. Uh, for me, it's I'm sticking mainly to the NBA. Um, I'm taking the Thursday uh, night game, Lakers over the Pistons. Mm-hmm. I like the Lakers on the road. Like, I said, like I've said a few times now, they're 10-0 on the road. They're playing great. Uh, my Friday game is the 76ers over the T-Wolves. I'm taking the spread on that game. Um, also, with Friday is I'm taking the Clippers over the Magic uh, to keep up with the Lakers. I think the Clippers are really going to try to push really hard to keep up in the Western Division or Western Conference. Yeah. 
like that. I think Bucks beat out the Pelicans as well. Uh, you have the Nets, and ideally, I think the Nets over the next little bit are going to start figuring out the defensive side of the ball. That's where I feel issues have been. Bucks need to step on it now to stay within one of those top powerhouse I, teams. I don't think the Bucks are going to figure out their defensive side of the ball. I think the Bucks traded away their whole defense. They they did trade James away a Harden. lot. Um, and I think that's going to be a constant struggle for them. Oh, for the Nets? I think, yeah. yeah, I think the Nets have officially said we're going to go shoot them up basketball. Or we're just going to try to run up scores. Yeah. We're not going to play defense. To me, this is a big game for the Bucks. Like The next few games are going to be big games for the, for the Bucks, uh just to at least establish themselves as still being a top uh, Eastern team. And then Saturday, I'm going to the NHL. I think the Florida Panthers beat the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I'm liking the Panthers this season. Um, I'm actually gonna pick Detroit Red Wings to win that one. Okay, well we'll um, dis- we'll disagree. That I think. Uh, would you, would if you I bet me? Would you bet me on it? Yeah, I'll bet you on it. I'm betting would in you, on the parlay too. Would you yeah. bet me? Uh, two hot hot sauce shots on it. I'll do that in a heartbeat. All right, yeah. I'll, take yeah, Detroit. I'll take that. Give me D- give me Detroit in the spread. Uh, well. That's the thing about a lot of hockey spreads. They're generally 1.5 give me in one. general. Give me I'll one. give you one. I'll give right, you one. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. I'm two hot sauce shots on the podcast. Down. Cool. Sounds great. I like the Panthers for this game a lot. Uh, they are the second-ranked team in scoring. They are the third-ranked team in the NHL right now in power play percentages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Wings are both in the low 20s in that. No, I know. Red Wings have played very, very terribly this, this whole NHL season. They're not terrible, but they're like, you know. They're they're rebuilding they're still, okay. and they're that's still the thing rebuilding. about the NHL. I think they're going to win this game. Interesting. All I, right. I like them. I like their team. There's an aura about Michigan right now that they're getting hot. Michigan's starting to become like this state of like, oh, we're we're rebuilding here. We're getting better down. The here. minute the football team's done, they're yeah. like, oh, we have a chance now. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> like the Detroit Red Wings. They're a, they're a blue blood you know, hockey team, even though they haven't been that in a few years. Uh, guys. Is that th- yeah, that's my parlor. All right, cool. We're going to get into the last segment of the show. It is predict the future. I'm going to start off with this. I think the Nets are going to figure it out like offensively, and I don't think they're going to be great on defense, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say they're going to the Eastern Conference Championship. This is coming from a guy who said they're divas. They're not going to figure out how to work with each other. I still don't think they are. I still think there's going to be tons of drama and all that stuff in, in Brooklyn. But I think they'll be able to mask it up until the Eastern Conference Championship. But one of the big three will not be healthy for it. Hmm. You can take your pick. My pick is Kyrie. I could I could see Kyrie on that. Uh, Harden doesn't really take too many risks with, the, with his body on the court. It's a low chance of injury there. Durant's had a history a little bit here and there. In playoffs, but, especially, in playoffs especially. But I think it's Kyrie because he's off and on this season at yeah. best, I should say. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree they'll figure it out. Like they rank second in total scoring on the season, uh, second in field goal percentages, third at three point percentage, and third overall yeah. in free throw percentage. They're great. It's just the defense that scares me. They are twenty fifth in scored against and have the eighth highest field goal they percentage have a allowed. Bad defense. Their yeah, defense they're is terrible. No, because neither of those three guys are defensive players. No, they're not. They're not. Um, next uh, thing I'm going to talk about uh, the number four Michigan Wolverines in basketball. Uh, they're a really good team. They're ranked fourth in the country. I think Michigan's one of these teams that are constantly cursed to be talked about in any sport, like basketball. They're great in golf. They're really good in hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're great in basketball. They're good in football. 
but they're never good enough to make it to the championship. And that's why I'm predicting Michigan four to make it to the final four and lose. Really? So you yes. think they'll get over the hump at least to get to that final four? I think position. they're going to get to the final four. Yeah. But I think they're going to stop short and break Michigan fans. Look, this if this episode's anything, it's showing you the pride and love I have for the great state of Michigan. <laughs> you just wish wash so hard on that. Well, I mean, they are they are ranking higher than league average in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three point percentage. Um and uh, they are fifth in the nation in defensive field goal percent, so like allowing field goals against them. They're fifth yeah. in the nation in defense there. Twelfth in the nation in uh, offensive shot efficiency overall. Uh, but it's hard to get to that final four. There's, I know. I, I, it depends on their bracket. In that tournament. It's kind of tough for me to project that right for now. Sure, just, for sure. For sure. I don't know I'm where just, they're going. I'm just taking my shot right now. So that way, if it happens, because I've done a lot of these, I'm just going to take my shot, and they've happened. True. Like, especially on this podcast. And there's been a lot of stuff that I say. Like nothing close to happens, <laughs> but like no one's that's, gonna come back and be like, "Well, you said Michigan was gonna make the Final Four. I'd be like, "Yeah, it was a long shot. It's my moonshot." Yeah, there's a reason um, you can't bet on that bracket yet. Here's not a moonshot. Uh, I will be saying this for the rest of the year. You ready for this? Let's hear it. Depending on wild trades or pickups that I'm like, that's a altering, mm-hmm. you know. But projecting on how I feel like this team is gonna do in the off season. I think the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be the worst team in their division next year. I'm not ready to say a record, but if you put a gun to my head and they're like, give me the record for next year, I'd give you six and ten. I don't think that the <laughs> I don't think that they're the worst of it the the worst team. I think Broncos take that in this division. Okay. In the AFC West. Um I think the Chargers take a big step forward. I, I think the Chargers Go seven and nine, eight and eight. Yeah, that's a that's a big I think step. The Broncos where they are. go nine and seven. I don't see the Broncos doing that just because I don't think Drew Locke's going to take that next step as I don't a think quarterback. Drew Locke's yet. a quarterback next year. If they go and get somebody, like if they end up, ah, with, da, 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 we'll talk about. Yeah, it. we'll we'll talk about that. But as of right now, if if we're taking these we'll same teams the moving over, I think Raiders will end up being a little bit better because I think I Carr is more efficient. I think they have better weapons. I think this year was a fluke for Carr. Really? Yes, I'm calling it. And I like Carr. I've talked about how much I like Carr. Um, I think there is going to be a lack of weapons for them. I think defenses are going to start realizing what John Gruden's doing. They're like, okay. They already started doing that last year. Yeah. Um, defense are already like starting to figure out, okay, this is what the Raiders are doing. I think Josh Jacobs is going to break down. I don't think Josh Jacobs is good. Hmm. I, I'm kind of officially like saying next year. Next year he'll have a good season, but I think that's his last good season. Okay. I think it, I think next year is the year John Gruden gets on the hot seat. Hmm. He won't be fired, but he'll at least he, yeah he's he, gonna be one of those rumored the year guys. After that, people will be like, oh okay, it's time to start talking about should we fire John Gruden if he has another season like this. No, it'll be interesting yeah. to see for the for um, the Raiders. A little wild take I'm taking. I know this is gonna lead into what we're talking at about at the end of the episode. I think Jimmy G is going to be ending up back in New England. And I know we'll we'll talk about it more in depth in a second. I just want to say, Jimmy G could end up back in New England. It's another moonshot I'm taking. He's not worth a lot in the open market. He has a lot huge contract. We'll see what's going on. But we do know New England is looking for a quarterback. True. Okay. Lastly, Lakers are the Kansas City Chiefs of the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I get it from the idea of, like, they have so many weapons. They don't really lose. But I see the Lakers it's, as... It's like this. Have fun, other teams. Do what you want. 
Sure, build your super team across the country. We don't care. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we all know, like, even though there's drama and even though they'll lose some games or, you know, oh, man, they're playing too cute. How can they keep doing it? At the end of the day, you're like, oh, wait, that's how they keep doing it. They have one of the deadliest combos in the sport, and that's AD LeBron and the sporting cast around him and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and a sporting cast around him. I could see that. Um, my only big concern is that I could see the Lakers falling into a slump occasionally. For sure. And that that's, that's really the only reason I disagree it, with that, uh, with that uh, analogy. The NBA season's actually almost over. Like, we're at the halfway point. In two weeks. Yeah, that's true. It's it's coming by. It's fast. it's moving quick. Um, because the NBA season is shortened. Now saying that there are postponed games and we don't know if they will be replayed and blah blah blah, blah stuff like that. For seeding, I think they will. We'll see. They're gonna have to if, do if something. It's close. We'll see what happens. Um, because that's gonna be ridiculous. But yeah, I think the Lakers are the Kansas City Chiefs of the NBA. Hmm. Now, before we close this episode, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. We have both come up with a list of teams that we think are realistic options of yes. where Matthew Stafford could end up. Don, you have the floor. Well, I think we were talking about it uh, before. We've It's been rumored that Stafford and the Colts have been mentioned a lot in tandem. And as a Colts fan, I can tell you, baby, I'm so excited. I, I think that would be a great move for him. Stafford, I'll buy his jersey instantly. Oh, without a doubt. I think Stafford leaving the Lions is the best thing for his career. I'm just, um, they never I'm really built around him. Short lines are like we're not keeping him hostage anymore. Yeah, which is wonderful. Uh, my second biggest team that I think he has a shot at going to—that's being rumored a lot—is New England, and that's why I disagree with the Jimmy, the Jimmy G, G idea to yeah. New England. Um, Cam Newton didn't really work out there. Uh, I know I was wrong about that. Yeah, and I I just felt bad about it because like I wanted to see Cam do Dude, good. Dude, I love Cam Newton. Like I I want to see it, but he just wasn't there. Uh, what works great in Belichick's system. Pocket passers who could just get the ball to anybody. Yep. And that's what Stafford's built his career on. Uh, my only nervousness is his injury history so far. Wherever Stafford goes has to be a capable backup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And I think New England will always have a moderately good backup just because that's how they, they train. They don't even have a moderately good starter. No. but So I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I, I do think agree they with will, Indy. Huh, yeah, yeah, I think India would be great for him, but I think I think you. Give I wouldn't a guy be surprised if he went to New who's England. Who's never had a thousand yard rusher on yeah. a team? Eleven and one with a hundred yard with a hundred yard rusher game. on his team uh, in a game. He's yeah. only literally played eleven games with a running or back. Twelve. Twelve games with a running back hit a hundred yards. That's in a, his entire career. In one hundred and eighty games, that's ridiculous. And he's eleven and one. You know how many times he had a top ten defense? Once he went to the playoffs that year. Yeah. Yeah, if you give this guy a little bit of assistance, yeah, he would have been one of the biggest names. I think for his career, wasted potential, but it's not over. He can John Elway himself out of this. If he can end his career with a Super Bowl or even two, there's a chance he gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I could yeah. definitely see that. Um, I'm gonna pick some teams. The 49ers are one of the hottest teams that are like actively going to get him right now. Vegas actually has their odds at the highest to go yes. get him. I think he'd fit really, really well there. I think it'd be a better fit than Indy. I think he goes there, and they instantly become a Super Bowl contender. And it's more realistic that the 49ers land Stafford than they do Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Um, 
only because you don't have to give up as much for for Matthew Stafford. You might only have to give up a first and like a fourth for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, definitely. I and just, you pay him less. Yeah, and he's not going to make as big of a paycheck. Uh, my only mindset is he's a little bit older. Yeah, Shanahan likes young quarterbacks for sure. So I, that's my only. You asterisk. keep Nick Mullins there. He's a capable backup. Yeah, Shanahan can figure out ways to you know not have all the pressure on Stafford. He's got ton. He's got a good amount of weapons. They can go add more because they have some cap room. Uh, that offensive line is good. They can add more to the uh, and the running games. The running amazing. Game is the thing that's like that'll be a great yeah. spot for Stafford to end up. I think for so him. too. Another spot I would actually, I actually think is better than Indy, uh, is Denver. I've already alluded to how how well I think they are. Uh, this feels like a John Elway move for John Elway to say like, let's go give up a first round pick, maybe even two. Like to overpay for him and bring him to Denver. That would revitalize so much because Jerry Judy, yeah. uh, Tim Patrick are great weapons. I don't weapons. think they make playoffs, but I think they go like nine and seven in the AFC or like eight and eight, and they'll do good because there are weapons in in Denver like you were named. Yeah. Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. A lot of young guys Quentin that I think Sutton. Stafford would work great with. Big guys that Stafford can just throw up to. Their offensive line is really good. People don't talk about that offensive line. That defensive secondary is one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. They need to get better at linebacker. They'll get better on the defensive line with some picks. Well, ideally, Von Miller comes back after his injury. Yeah. Uh, can I at least, even if he's not returning to form, he's yeah. a step up. Yeah. My my only worry there is they don't really have a consistent run game. No, I know, and they have Melvin Gordon, and they're probably going to lose Philip Lindsay. But that's nothing that a second round pick can handle. True, it's, it's been shown that you can spend a second round pick on a running back, and he'll be a franchise guy. Yeah, and it would yeah. work well for them. Yeah, um, I know. I only said two teams. I do want to <laughs> throw in a few more. Sure. Uh, this one's going to be really fast. The football team. This seems like another like a Denver Broncos s team. I don't think he'll be as good. Um, I think the 49ers and the Colts are probably like the best situation for him to win immediately. Yes. Um, a contender, but I think the Broncos and the football team puts him in a position where he can sneak in a playoffs. Maybe not be a Super Bowl contender, but still be like, oh, I'm in the limelight. I'm putting up great numbers again. Oh, he'll definitely do well in that division as well, yeah. uh, too. And to me, if he goes, ends up at the football team, or Denver, he has a big say in how the team's built exactly. around him. Exactly, with a great coach like Ron Rivera, uh, a great defense. There's some weapons there, uh, but they're they, still young and they're yeah. still building up the team. And they would have to, you know, add another, maybe another bigger running back, and uh, I think another receiver, another receiver for sure, a tight end. Uh, the offensive line's really good. Yeah, the offensive line's out. Offensive line either. I'm, I'm sending him to places that have good offensive lines. Here's a team that obviously would be the best. Um, this is my last team I'm going to talk about, but probably no realistic chance. They would have to do a lot. And I've already said last week, they need to rebuild the New Orleans Saints. If they could somehow get Matthew Stafford, all of a sudden their window for the Super Bowl opens again, instead of just closing right away. Yeah. They go get him. Um, they pair him with Taysom Hill cause you got Taysom Hill on contract again. You don't play Taysom Hill like you did before. You actually keep him as a backup. Go out there and win some games. No, that'd be ideal for him. Uh, for throwing out one extra team, it's the same reason. It's a similar team I'm throwing out for Watson is the Miami Dolphins. That I think could work well because they have a run game. Their O line's not the greatest, but, but it's they're there. Not, they're not, and they have the draft picks to go but trade. He's not young enough for them to go trade to a four. 
I thought about them. Yeah, they, I don't think they'll trade two of four. The whole but. reason that Deshaun Watson works for Miami is that he's enough for them to say, well, we're still going to get as many years that we do into him. Maybe just like a minus two years, you know? Yeah. But like, we still have him for 10 years. But it's the Dolphins. They they might, to me, they're, it looked like they're in a win now mode. But they're not. They're definitely have shown they're a rebuild constantly team. They don't care that they didn't make the playoffs. They're like, we have more picks. That's what they're all about right now. It's just is getting more and more picks. The process. Dude, they have nine picks in this upcoming draft. <laughs> it's insane. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, that, those are some teams I think Stafford would go to. Like I said, my number one team for him to go is Indy. I think he would be great in Indy. We have money to go get him more weapons because T.Y. Hilton's not around our team anymore. Yeah. Um, Allen Robinson has already been linked with the Colts, and I, that would be crazy if Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford lined up in the blue and white. Love it. So there's a lot of interesting choices, but I do think I want to see Matthew Stafford win a Super Bowl, and I think Indy, New Orleans, and 49ers give him the best shot. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But I would love to see him in a Broncos uniform and a football team uniform. I wouldn't be so, surprised. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that will yeah. go for him. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Super Fan Sports. I'm so excited you guys got to listen to that. Please go check out our TikTok. Please go check out our Instagram. I promise you I'll post something this week. <laughs> um, I'm just having a problem coming up with content. Uh, I'm going to put up some polls about what teams you guys should go to. And if you guys want to show up on our Super Bowl extravaganza episode next week, DM me or Don. DM our Instagram. We are going to have a nice, fun time. I know we already have three guests booked for next week, but we can shove as much as we can because next week is a Super Bowl party celebrating all NFL. Love yeah. it. Don, do you have anything left to say? Um, no, check out our YouTube. We're getting some content uh, thrown up there pretty yeah. soon. Uh, we're Yeah, reach out to us. We would love to talk to you yeah. guys if you have crazy picks, if you have ideas where these quarterbacks are going to go. Love Let to hear know. it. Uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, as we always, he said, ah, I'm so sorry I messed <laughs> up that ending. As we always say, pray, pray for, for the parlay. This is a Your Last Resorts production.